Hello and welcome to the HMO Success Podcast. My name is Wendy Whitaker-Large and in today's episode, episode number 55, I'm going to be comparing what it's like training for the London Marathon with running a business. Welcome to the HMO Success Podcast. My name's Wendy and this podcast will help you invest in houses of multiple occupation. I don't expect you're as crazy as I am deciding to train for the London Marathon. Now, running a marathon, as I've done once before, requires a huge amount of commitment and discipline. And what I've realised in training for the London Marathon this year, I'm actually going to be in the real event on the 3rd of October, is that in many ways, training for any kind of physical event, whether it's a a running race, a triathlon, a cycling event, uh, even an athletics event, takes a huge amount of energy and effort. And in many ways, it's very much like running your own business. So in today's episode, I just want to take a little bit of a sideways glance at running and also running a business. I believe in property and particularly with HMOs, you've got to treat it like a business. So you adopt the mindset of a business entrepreneur. You are a property investor. The idea is that you create residual or passive income from your properties. That's what everybody wants to achieve. But what I found with HMOs is that they take a little bit more work to make that happen. Of course, the great thing is they're usually much more profitable as well than, let's say, a single buy to let. And that means that you can employ staff to help you. And this is what I've done over the last seven years is I've created a team of people who help manage my business for me so I can go off and do other things, other crazy things like, oh, yes, hmm, entering the London Marathon. Now, it was back in January. No, sorry, it was February. February the 8th, 2021 was the notable day that I received that email from the Virgin London Marathon team to say, you've got a place. And to be honest, I didn't know whether to laugh or cry. Because frankly, having run the London Marathon once before in 2019, I know just what an effort it takes to do all the training and the preparation. 26.2 miles might seem like an awfully long way. And let me tell you, it feels like an awfully long way when you're running it. But I know for many people, that's not a long distance at all because they're used to running half marathons. They're used to running 18 milers. For them, it's not a huge distance. But let me tell you, for me, a woman on the wrong side of 50, um, who's never been particularly athletic in her life, doing something like this is really quite a big challenge. undertaking quite a big demand on my body but I do enjoy running I get a lot out of it I find it keeps me fit it keeps me healthy uh, it keeps me relatively in shape and it really is something that I find incredibly helpful mentally I think over the last year in particular with lockdown lots of people have found that uh, their mental health has uh, they've struggled with it in some way they, they they've suffered uh, or they've been more challenged if you like in terms of their mental well-being and I certainly find that exercise and getting out in the fresh air uh, has been enormously helpful for me I think that the endorphins that is created post the run uh, is tremendous and uh, that's a that's a really good side benefit to, to running and to exercise but actually just feeling like you've achieved something even if it's one mile or two miles there's there's a tremendous feeling that you've you've got out there you you've put your shorts on your t-shirt and your running shoes and you've got out and experienced nature 
And even if it's not somewhere that's particularly quiet or in the countryside, even if it's just running along a road, there's something tremendously uplifting and fulfilling about just getting those miles under your belt, just plodding along the road. So I wanted to bring this back to business and to HMOs because for me, uh, being a runner, I can't exactly call myself a marathon runner yet, but maybe when I've done my second one, perhaps I could wear that badge of honour. But for the time being, being a runner, I do find it very helpful for my my business. And I want to explain to you today why that is and why I think that physical exercise is, is really quite a key part of being a good and successful entrepreneur. So what's the first thing? Well, of course, when you enter for the London Marathon as I'm sure you know, uh, but when you put your entry into the London Marathon and you enter into the ballot, there's a certain amount of uh, hopeful, wishful thinking that goes on because, of course, it takes a few months before you actually find out whether you've got a place or not. And it's at that point, I think, you start to crystallise a vision. You are at that very point of entering the ballot. You are saying to yourself, I believe I have the ability within me to do 26.2 miles in the race, running in a race, and I'm going to finish and I'm going to get that medal and I'm going to perhaps collapse on the other side, but I'm going to do it. Because you wouldn't be entering the ballot if you didn't have some semblance of belief that you could do it. And sometimes it's actually entering the ballot, making that decision to do the race that actually gets you on the training. You might not have the belief beforehand, but the simple fact of just putting your name, your details and the payment across the line is what it needs to make that commitment happen. So I think this is where vision comes in, vision and commitment. And it's just the same as if you're running a business. What I found is that I've met many people who have undenied about HMOs. They've not been too sure about whether to do it as a strategy. Uh, they, they, they've had uh, thoughts on one side that it could be ex- extremely good, extremely profitable, but then they've got negative thoughts that uh, drive them down. So they're sitting on the fence. And I believe that until you actually make that decision to commit, that's the point when the reality starts to burn within you and you begin to have the vision that actually I can do this. I can find the strength. I can find the will within me to make it happen. So number one, I think, is having commitment. And from that, vision starts to emerge. Now, you may, of course, have the vision first. I know that for some people, when they run the London Marathon, um, as it was the case for me before I I ran it the first time in 2019, my desire had been to run the London Marathon for about 10 years. But every single year that I entered the ballot, I never got a space, which was very frustrating. And in the end, I entered on a charity place. Now, I think with HMOs and with taking that leap into investing, you can have the same frustration that maybe you've waited to do it, you've longed to do it for a long time, you've been hoping to do it, but maybe family commitments or other financial pressures have come along and you've just found it impossible to do it. But you know, it's funny how when you really desire something, when you really want something, and when you believe that you could do this thing, often a window appears. And I very much believe in the power of attraction and believing that what you want will happen if you are patient and if you believe enough that it's going to happen. A window of opportunity will present itself and this can be the the moment where you decide, yes, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to say yes. 
Number two, you need to have a plan. Now, I didn't realize this, actually, before I started training uh, first time round for the London Marathon. I just thought you kind of got out there and you did a few miles every week and, you know, you just did your long run and, you, you, you know, you after sort of 12, 14 weeks, you'd be able to run a marathon. No, it's not quite as simple as that. Certainly not if you follow the experts. What they would say is that you want to be running two or three times a week, perhaps three or four times a week. And one of those runs needs to be a long run. Now, when I first started, a long run for me was six miles. So <laughs> running any more than about an hour was uh, was really quite a challenge. But every week I added one more mile to that long run. And usually I would do that long run on a Tuesday morning. I don't know quite why, but that was just the morning that worked for me. So every Tuesday morning I used to get up and I was getting up earlier and earlier. And this was in the winter time as well, because uh, in 2019, the marathon was in April. But of course, the, the dates have changed this year and it's in October. So I was doing my long run on a Tuesday morning in the winter and it was cold. It was icy. It was often very misty. And I would add one more mile, which for me was about another 10 minutes of running every single week. In between times, I would do two or three runs. One of them was a shorter run, perhaps three or four miles. One of them would be maybe a 10K run, which is about six miles. And then I might do either a hill run or I would do a sprint session. And that would just be maybe half an hour of um, tempo running and trying to get my heart rate up to quite a high point, bringing it down again and then doing it again. So throughout the week, I had a plan. I had a plan to get me to the London Marathon so that I was successful in being able to run that distance. But also I had a plan, I suppose, for my general fitness and my general running ability. Now, during that time uh, in 2019, when I was uh, training for the marathon, I got an Achilles injury which is incredibly painful. If you ever suffer with uh, you know, Achilles heel or Achilles injuries, you know what I mean. Because the Achilles tendon uh, is not a muscle, so it doesn't have the flexibility that muscle fiber has. It, it really keeps your, um, keeps your ankle and keeps your calf muscle in line. So the tendon does not have the same elasticity that a muscle fiber does. So it means that if you damage that, it can often feel very painful for a long time and takes quite a while to heal. And I found that from time to time, my Achilles would flare up. So the other thing that I've introduced this time with my marathon training is doing more strength and conditioning exercises. So as well as doing my running during the week, I'm also doing some more strength and conditioning exercises. I think you can probably see the parallel here with business, can't you? That within our training, within our execution of our business, we need to have a plan. And that plan needs to include conditioning and strength training. You see, one of the things that I've noticed in my own business development is that as my business has grown, as turnover has grown, as we've added more properties to our portfolio, as we've increased the number of rooms that we rent out in our lettings agency, sometimes I've had Achilles pain problem, perhaps not of the real form, but virtual Achilles pain. I've pushed it a little bit too far, a bit too fast, and I've had a, a pain. And often this happens with business owners because you want to take on the world. There's something about growing a business which is very exciting, uh, it's very addictive, and uh, you know it gives you a lot of momentum. But there are times when you can go too far too fast, and that's when you need to just pull back a little bit. 
At other times, though, your body will tell you, and I suppose in business, it's it's perhaps more your emotions or your your balance sheet will tell you that actually it's time to put in a little bit more effort and energy. You got to put you got you got to up the ante. And I've found this that during this uh, second London Marathon training period, that. It's been really good for me to break up my week, not just with running exercises, but with strength and conditioning, because that's helped my balance. It's helped my core. uh, It's helped condition some of those muscles, which I think ordinarily would probably be a little bit weaker when I'm running. So that's really point number two, is that you as a business owner need to have a plan. The plan, how often are you going to do certain activities in your business? So how often are you going to review your finances? How often are you going to review your key performance indicators? How often are you going to go out there and do viewings? How often are you going to speak to investors? Having all of that in a monthly plan is incredibly helpful. Now, the reason why I like a monthly plan is because you often find that within a week, you can't quite get everything done. But if you spread your goals out over a month, it's often much easier to find some time perhaps towards the end of the month when you can suddenly get everything done. Now, I know in an ideal world, uh, we wouldn't work like that. And certainly when it comes to uh, run training, I've learned that leaving it all right to the last minute is not the best way. A running plan requires consistency and reliable training. And ideally in your business, that's the same pattern that you will adopt. But, you know, it's very easy to say that when you're in a business which is stable and which is growing and which you've been running for a number of years. If you're new to property or you're new to HMOs, you will have to fit this around a day job, caring responsibilities, uh, maybe other, other things that you have to do in the week. So you have to find a plan that suits you, that works for you. And I very much believe that that's one of the benefits of surely of being an entrepreneur is that you can find a plan that actually works for you. You don't have to adopt anybody's running plan or, or training schedule. You know, the experts might give you some advice, but basically it's down to you. Number three, stamina and energy. Now, of course, with running, it's uh, it's key that when you get out there and you get you get out into the countryside. I, I live quite near to some really good trails and really good routes that I can go and run in, which is beautiful. And uh, I find that you know it refreshes my soul as much as my body when I get outside. But if I start off my run and I feel tired and I don't have much energy and I don't have, have much stamina, well, one of two things can happen. Number one, I can start that run and the whole time round feel lethargic and wish I wasn't doing it and wish I was back inside or wish I was back at home having a cup of tea, um, wish I just had not come out for the run. However, you put that down to experience, you say it's great, it's time on legs, tick, you've done it. And I think there is definitely an element of discipline to the plan, discipline in the, the action and the implementation that is also extremely good for your self-worth and your, your, your sense of well-being. But the other thing that can happen is that you get out there and I find that sometimes it takes me two or three miles to, to kind of really warm up and get going. And the miles are slow and I'm, I'm, I'm feeling sluggish and I don't feel like I've got much energy. And then something changes and I get to about mile two and a half or three and I think, actually, I can do this. It's really not too bad at all. 
oh, look over there. And then I start thinking about different things. And before I know it, I realize that I've run a couple of miles and I haven't really been thinking about my breathing or my pace or my footwork. I've just been running. And it becomes much more natural and it becomes much more enjoyable. Now, that I believe is quite true of business and particularly of property, that there are times when you just have to do things. You, you, you've got to focus on what's necessary and your energy and your stamina will sometimes be high. You'll wake up in the morning and think, great, today I've got loads of things ahead of me to do, but it's fine. I feel fantastic. I'm motivated. I'm going to get these things done. And other days you'll wake up and think, oh, I really could do without this today. I've got so much else on. I'm feeling tired. I'm feeling demotivated. Everything's difficult. Oh, well, I would encourage you at that point to think like a runner and to say, well, today I've got a four mile run on my plan. So I'm going to get out there and I'm going to do it today. I've got three properties to view and somebody to call back and maybe a post on social media to do. I'm going to do it. Okay, so those are my first few tips on why running a marathon is like running a business. Okay, the next tip, nourishment and nurturing. Now, I'm really delighted that uh, I'm going to have a very special guest coming on the podcast uh, next week. And he is a sports nutritionist. I'm not going to give too much away at the moment but you will hear him on the podcast next week. And uh, he works for the women's football team, the actual England football team, as their sports nutritionist. And actually, he happens to be um, the brother of one of my mentees, which is amazing. And when I came across uh, this chap um, a while ago, we had a long conversation about nutrition and what nutrition did I use before I went on a run and, and how was I nourishing my body? And to be honest, I hadn't really thought about it. And working with him has opened my eyes to the power of good nutrition, not just during a run, but before and after a run. And it's been really, really helpful. Um, one of the things that he suggested is that I should increase my protein intake. So uh, while I'm running, so let's say when I get to about mile four, to either have a gel um, or to have a, a banana which by the way, I do know those are carbohydrates, um, but they fuel my run. But before the run and after the run, make sure I'm having some more protein, which is about repairing and building the muscle. And just literally after about a week of working with James, I found that my longer runs were becoming easier. And I absolutely put this down to better nutrition. Now in your business, you know, it can be very draining, can't it? When you're running a business or you've maybe got a job and you're building up your property portfolio and you might have a few HMOs under your belt, there are days when you feel absolutely drained. And nourishment and nutrition for you as an individual are vital. So what do I mean by that when it comes to business? Well, I think on a personal level, we all are nourished differently. One of the things I absolutely love to do is read. I find reading very, very nourishing. And I could be reading a biography, I could be reading a novel, I could be reading a business book, uh, I might be reading um, something about mindfulness or meditation. Uh, I have a whole range of topics I'm interested in, spirituality, money, you name it. And I find that if I'm feeling stressed or I'm feeling under pressure or I'm feeling tired, 
I know that at that point I need to take myself off, give myself half an hour or an hour to nourish myself, to reset my thinking, to reset my brain and to give myself the the nutrition, the mental, the soul nutrition that I need to carry on. I think over the last year with COVID, we've seen more and more people become worn out. We've seen more and more people become burnt out, actually, because of the the pressures of dealing with coronavirus, a job and, and all the other responsibilities that they have. And as an entrepreneur, you are the one who has started your business. You're the, you're the leader in your business. You are the head honcho. You are the figurehead. People will be looking to you. People will be relying on you. If you don't nurture and look after yourself and nourish yourself, you'll find that you will not have the stamina and the energy to run your business well. Next point. I think this is point number six, (laughs) but I think I've lost count. Uh, I think, no, maybe this is point number five. Okay. Support. Now, you know, I think in the early days when I first started running, I thought, I'll just go and do this myself. I'm not going to tell anybody that I'm doing it. Um, Obviously, my family knew, but I wasn't going to announce it to the world because I, I felt self-conscious and a bit embarrassed and I didn't want people to start commenting and you know giving me advice but what I realized was is that actually I do need a team around me who can support me and this is from a practical point of view as well as an emotional point of view so I now have a a sports uh, nutritionist who I'm working with I also have a sports physiotherapy sorry physiotherapist that I'm working with um, who's brilliant and I go to him once a month and he gives me a deep muscle massage. Ooh, ah, ah, are usually the sounds that you'll hear coming out of his treatment room when I'm in there because he's prodding and pulling and pushing me. But it's all good stuff. Now, those two people I believe to be sort of part of my core team. But I've also got my, if you like, supporters. I've got my family around me who ask me, how's it going? How's the training going? I've got friends on Strava. I've got friends that I run with. I've got a wider group of friends who know what I'm doing. And they give me the the sort of emotional encouragement, uh, the kick up the backside, um, and also provide me with um, a little bit of competitive edge. When I see what they're doing on Strava, I think, right, come on, Wendy, you can do that. And that's important. That's really important to me because I feel that being part of that that group, part of that uh, support network uh, really helps to G me on. Um, it helps to G me on when things are going well and it helps to G me on when things are not going so well. In business, you also need supporters. You need people who are going to rah, rah, rah for you. Keep going. Don't give up. It's not that hard. You'll make it. You'll get there. Um, You need people to speak to about your business. Uh, I always think that mentoring and coaching is a great idea. I have a mentor, uh, yeah, mentor that I go to. Um, uh, Many of the people I work with have got coaches, mentors, because having somebody that you can turn to who is not part of your nearest and dearest, who can listen to you and give you good advice and ask you searching questions is a very valuable opportunity and somebody who's got that skill will really help you to understand yourself more and why your business is performing the way it currently is whether that's great or not so great and they can help you make the changes that are needed to shift your business into a better place 
But if you're trying to do this on your own, you will find it much, much harder. You will find that you maybe lose motivation, that there are times when you wish you hadn't started it. There are times when you wish to give up. There are times when you don't know what to do and you feel lost and stuck. And that's when using the skills of somebody who's a few steps ahead of you, who's already experienced that path, who's already got that um, knowledge and, uh, you know, understanding about what you're going through can be enormously helpful. Um, Then the final point is having a rest day. I probably weren't expecting me to say that, but I very much believe that resting is just as valuable as all the training that I can do during the week. So I I tend to exercise about six days a week, four days I'm running, um, then the other two days I'm doing strength or conditioning exercises. I might do a yoga session uh, or I might just do some sort of deep stretching exercise. But one of those days is a complete day off. Usually it's the day after my long run. Now, from what I've read, this is incredibly valuable for the body to repair itself, uh, to rest, to uh, you know repair the muscles. Um, but it's also good from the point of view of a mental pattern for the week. I find that the, the day after I've done my long run, I'm still kind of congratulating myself, <laughs> you know, for having run 15 miles or whatever it is. Um, and I sort of want to revel in that sense of achievement. And, you know, it's so true, isn't it, that in business sometimes we can plod on or we can race on or we can push on without taking time to rest and actually without taking time to celebrate. And rest is vital because it allows you to take time out from your business, take time out from the world of activity that you probably find yourself in. And it allows your body, your brain to just chill and having that as, as one, at least one day a week, I think is really important for your well-being. The other element, of course, is the celebration. So when you get a particular project over the line, when you've got your HMO filled, when you've got that last room filled with tenants, maybe when you've, you've overcome a particular challenge or a difficulty, let's celebrate. Because when you cross the finish line at the London Marathon, all the volunteers, the spectators, the people who are standing around participating or helping, they cheer, they clap and cheer, they shout your name, you're presented with a medal as if you've won the Olympics, as if you've won the gold at the Olympics. And you know what? I tell you, it feels just like that. You're given your goodie bag with lots of goodies inside it, gels, flapjacks, nutrition bars, drinks, you name it. You feel like you've won the world. And why shouldn't you feel like that? You've just run 26.2 miles, for goodness sake. But we don't do that in business, do we? We go, oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah, I got that, uh, I got that HMO finished, right? One, when is the next one? When, when is my next project? Right, okay, come on, let's move on. But, you know, you need to give yourself a medal from time to time. You need to say to yourself, if I do that, if we get that finished, completed, over the line, if we get a a win-win, I'm giving myself a medal. So those are really my top um, messages, my top tips about how training for a marathon is very much like running an HMO business. And if you do decide next year you want to run the London Marathon, Well, 
maybe let's just see if we can't do it together. Thank you for listening to the HMO Success Podcast. If you'd like to know more about how you can create a profitable HMO business, please visit our website, hmosuccess.co.uk, to find out more. We have plenty of free tools and information for you there, and also on our Facebook group, The Ultimate HMO Success System. We look forward to connecting with you very soon. Thanks for listening.